Welcome to the Bowman Legacies Podcast, brought to you in part by Bowman Legacies, making life better for the blue-collar worker, one CEO at a time. Also brought to you by author Grizz Waller, whose new Western sci-fi action thriller novel, Selfish Acts of Righteous Men, is coming out soon. Without any further ado, buckle up, strap in, and get ready for another powerful conversation from the Bowman Legacies podcast. What's up, everybody? So Eric Pio and I are just hanging out today, and we thought, you know what? This is such a good conversation that we're having. We'd like to record it, and um, he's going to ask me something impromptu. I have no idea what he's going to ask. So let me premise by saying this. For those of you who are easily offended or um, <laughs> you love a show that has an agenda, you're screwed. <laughs> You're totally hosed, man, because I have no idea what's going on, but um, he has this thought. We're going to record it, see what happens, and you guys can just come along for the ride. Mr. Pio. <laughs> Michael Bowman, it is so good to hear you and to be a part of your podcast, brother. It is such an honor. I so appreciate you, my friend. I appreciate you too, man. I love the fact that, you know, and for those of you out there listening, it's so important to have that kind of friend that you can absolutely be yourself around and mm-hmm. them not be shocked. It's so funny because mm-hmm. you can be around people that you do business with, or you can be around people that maybe just maybe you can't really be real around. And so it is so refreshing to be around <laughs> yeah. that guy where I can literally say the most heinous thing. And he's like, yeah, I get that. I get that. <laughs> Bowman, I think that you do these things on purpose sometimes just to get my reaction <laughs> and to see if you can absolutely offend the crap out of me. And yet I think I throw it back at you and I'm like, dude, I've thought that as well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I do. You know me, man. I used to be all about the shock factor and saying things to people that I probably shouldn't. And so, Wait, did you just say used to? <laughs> <laughs> Come on now. <laughs> well, Bowman, you you shot out a text this morning to myself and to Zeger, our other great friend, part of Bowman Legacies. And you mentioned something about, man, how just the world needs to hear encouragement and as I was written, it was much longer than that. And, and I, I thought as I'm reading this, there's something I want to pose to you. And I, we didn't set this up just like what you just said. We didn't no. set this up. We didn't pre-talk about this. We didn't dialogue pre, pre no. podcast to try to get talking points together. I have I no idea what to, you're going to ask. You right have now, no literally. idea. And yet I, I think that this could either be like, a great springboard into an awesome conversation, or this could fall completely <laughs> flat on its face and we could go nowhere. So uh, hang tight. This is what, this is what I, as I'm reading this, I'm thinking Michael Bowman feels things so deeply and emotionally, and it's what makes him tick. It's almost as if the very thing that could actually cause people great angst, um, almost turmoil, Uh, you've turned around to use it to an advantage of feeling things in such a deep way that it drives you to one, better yourself, better your family, better the people around you and influence Mm. and change lives for the better. Whereas in a world today where it's almost like people get numb to certain feelings 
out of protecting themselves because we've been hurt too often. Mm -hmm. And so therefore we don't feel as sensitively as we should. Whereas you, even just from reading this text this morning, I'm like, Michael Bowman feels things deeply. And I just had to throw that out saying, dude, am I way off base here? Or is this like right at the heart of who Michael Bowman is? I tell you what, man, this just stirred my heart. I think it's one of the quintessential things that we forget to do in business and in life is feel. And I think that one of the biggest problems, especially in big industry, is that we have presidents and CEOs who are not doing their job to feel enough for their people. Yeah. And they're always looking, they want to make a bottom line and every decision is made on how much money can we make. And it proceeds production, our production proceeds safety and people's personal safety and mental health in our own lives. A lot of us just to no fault of our own are trying to push, push, push. You know, sometimes we feel like I just, I, I don't have time to deal with this crap right now. I, I've got to push. I've got a family. I've, you know, single moms out there are, are probably one of the biggest ones that I've ever seen that really push themselves aside because they have to. They don't have anybody yeah. helping themselves. And they're out there grinding, having to do what they have to do, still love their kids, be disciplinarian at home, you know, trying to keep their kids on the straight and narrow. And they're working their tails off. And whether life brought it to her, their spouse passed away or, 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 the, or that person just split, they, they, they've got to perform. They've got to do something. Mm-hmm. And, and yeah. if we could all just understand that feeling and allowing ourselves to feel, and instead of shying away from that, is one of the biggest things that's going to jettison you forward as a well-rounded human being. It doesn't mean that you have to be a bleeding heart all the time, right? But I'm here to tell you right now, too many people are so stuck in greed mode and success mode and win mode that they forget the people that they're running over to get that next win. They're forgetting that there's a whole world out there that actually needs us to feel. Mm -hmm. You know, we used to do grief counseling. You and I both have done grief counseling. You and I both have been at the deathbeds of people. You and I both have done funerals. And one of the Mm -hmm. things that I encourage people to do is continue to feel. Allow yourself to feel the stop bracing against the pain. You need to lean into that pain. You need to feel it because it's your natural bodies. It's your primal self's way of getting through this, getting beyond this, and getting over it. Getting over it. And sometimes when we lose certain people or certain things happen to us in our lives, we never get over it. And we're always rehashing it. We're going back to counseling it because we've never allowed ourselves to Mm -hmm. feel. I will tell you right now, at eight years old, I was pinned down to a bed and molested by a schizophrenic uncle. Mm -hmm. Let him in the house, shouldn't let him in the house. Things escalated and I was molested. Um, I can say that and certain people are afraid of hearing that. But I can say that because I've cried a lot about it mm-hmm. because I've looked at the pictures of an innocent little eight-year-old kid and seen where the darkness happened in his life and the dark circle started to happen mm-hmm. and the weight started gaining when the life started to change and the stress started to happen. Um, I can tell you that I have been physically and mentally abused. I can tell you that there's been people in my life that, you know, I've, I've seen guns in my face. Yeah. I can tell you that I've had a gun in my mouth with the intention of destroying my own life. And why? Because I wouldn't allow myself to feel, Eric. Yeah. 
I wouldn't allow myself to feel the pain and you deserve it. And that's the weirdest thing you ever hear. Mm-hmm. But think about all of us that want to work out and don't. We look at the circumstances around us. We get upset about where we're not and we don't push forward. But there's some of those people. I mean, look at bodybuilders right now. Oh, my God. You know, they're <laughs> huge. It's crazy. And I do work out. I push myself. But I could sit here and worry about, for instance, all the things, the heart condition. Okay. Mm-hmm. I could sit there and fret about the, um, the alpha gal and the high histamine stuff that puts me in the hospital. I can obsess about when I do work out and really try to get shredded. My white blood cell count shoots through the roof and it attacks my body. I get pneumonia almost immediately. I could obsess about those things or I could freaking feel it. Get over it and figure out a way around it. You know, instead of sitting talking about all the things where, oh my God, you know, I have to carry two EpiPens around just to keep myself alive. No, get over it. Okay, I accept that. Now, how do I get around it? You know, one of the things that makes me so sick in life is when you're walking around old guys or guys our age and they want to talk to you about something that happened 10 years ago. They want to sit there and rep 20 years ago, 30 years ago. Yeah, I still wear the same jeans I did when I was in high school, size 34. And you're like, dude, I got the same hairstyle too. Yeah, dude, your belly dunlaps so hard over those things. I, I don't even see how you can breathe. And there's parts of you below the belt that have not felt life for a long time because you've completely cut the circulation off. The fact that you can walk is a miracle of God because your jeans are screaming to be put down. (laughs) <laughs> and, and they sit there and they talk about this crap over. I remember sitting with a bunch of guys and what was sick about it was they were pastors and they were talking about all the guys they whipped, the, these fights that they had, these physical mm-hmm. fights they had. Look, you're talking to a guy and you know this as well as I do. And you know this mm-hmm. for a fact about me. I've beaten up third degree black belts, but it's mm-hmm. not something that I'm constantly reminiscing about. That's the first time I've mentioned that since I was 25 years old. I don't care about that. That happened a long time ago. And with the things, things that I'm facing now, if I keep going after old victories and I keep sitting there and making myself so pathetic to that and a slave to that, I'm never going to feel, I'm never really going to live life. So many people feel like right now that they can't feel everything. Dude, you're so inundated with this crap, this stupid cell phone, and you're just Mm -hmm. constantly on every app and trying to feel valid because the dopamine mental, uh, rush that you feel from it gives you a little satisfaction, but it's never enough. Mm-hmm. You feel like right now, in, in it, right now, if your life, you feel like you're disconnected from the world around you. You feel like that mm-hmm. life's not actually happening to you and everything just feels like it's happening around you. You've not allowed yourself to feel there's some residual pain that you need to go yeah. back to and feel, and you yeah. need to start to stop being so self-centered and start realizing it's time to improve right where you are now. And that's always been our approach at Bowman Legacies. We can talk about your mother. If we can talk about your past. <laughs> we can talk about the Freudian things that's happening to you. Or we can own it and move forward. And I'm going to tell you, that's where you see the life change. That's where you see people start to live. Yeah. You know, I had a um, client the other day end his conversation, the president of an organization that's making mad sick money. And he looked at me and he said, hey, I love you. This is not a guy that tells another guy, I love you. But what I've helped him to do is to understand he needs to feel for his blue collar workers and those entry level guys and sit there and feel like, hey, is this something you would want to go through? Mm -hmm. No. 
So how can I improve this? And as you begin to improve those things and you start to feel, Mm -hmm. you start to feel, you start to make changes in life for other people and you start putting yourself aside. Then all of a sudden it's like working out. You got to lean into that pain. Mm -hmm. I work out all the time. I'm not, I mean, look at that. That's not, uh, (laughs) for those of you who cannot see what's going on, I'm really trying to sprout those muscles and it's just not happening. But I do lift. I figured out a way to, to get around my sicknesses and problems because it makes me feel good to lift weight. So it's just for me. But if I'm going to successfully do it, I got to feel the pain. Yeah. I got to feel the pain. And what, what oh, go ahead. Yeah. No, what I, what I want to make sure is that people hear what we're trying to say, because Bowman, I, I know you well enough that you're not, you're not trying to say that people's pain is insignificant. No. You're not, you're not saying that what people have gone through in their life um, doesn't matter. You're not saying these things. What you're saying basically is stop being a victim and be a victor. Turn that pain around and let it be your motivation. Uh, Because many times, uh, why do we become insensitive or why do we become uh, so selfish or why do we become numb to certain feelings is because many times of what we've experienced in life. And it's that it's that wall that we put up out of a self-defense mechanism that many times uh, we can't control per se because we've been hurt. And then we put up that wall and it's like, I, I need to keep arm's length from anybody because people have hurt me my entire life um, or X, Y, Z, whatever it is. Uh, and what you're saying is, it's not that those pains aren't real. It's not that those issues or circumstances didn't happen. It's that we need to, if you want to be one, the real you two, the identity that is not your past, but the identity of who God has given you. And, and in order to meet that, in order to live that, in order to feel again, it might take facing your past in order to face your future. Otherwise, those things will continue to drag us down, will continue to, like what you said, be numb to everything. And yet all of us as humans, we need to feel. And you just said something about four minutes ago that's profound because what we do is we get out our phones, we get on social media, and it's actually been researched how these social media networks literally do things in order to have you get that little uh, jolt of dopamine because it makes you feel again. But then what that is, is it's a false sense of feeling because we're basing it on a like, we're basing it on a thumbs up, we're basing it on someone shared my post, we're basing it on these false emotions that drive us instead of actually really feeling true joy, true pain true things that make us human. And sometimes we, we shelter ourselves because we look at pain as something so devastating instead of, yes, I experience pain, but that's part of humanity. That's part of my drive. That's part of my determination. That's part of me wanting to be a better individual, a better husband, a better worker, a better father. All of these things that are human and our nature, it can either be turned negative or positive. And if I hear you correctly, I just, it's all to 
obviously better ourselves. It's not to diminish what someone went through. No, never. It's by all means, we get you. We've been there, yeah. but you don't have to stay there. No. You don't have to be in the pit that you fell into, whether it was because of your fault, because of a decision or someone else's, and you had absolutely no control of you falling into that pit. What we're saying is you don't have to stay there. That pit does not identify who you are as a person, as a worker, as a husband, as a wife, as an individual, whatever it is, that is not who you are. No. It, it, one of the things that kills me is that we're told from a very young age, especially young guys, cry, baby. You know, uh, I was told, don't <laughs> yep. stop crying or I'll give you something to cry about. Um, okay. Always. Explorative yes. coming here, guys. So FYI warning, but I'm going to shoot it like it is. Uh, mm-hmm. I was told you, you little pussy, mm-hmm. you're just being a little pussy. And I, you know, I, I'm five. Come yeah. on. I've, I've been on the earth for five years, five years. <laughs> and you're calling me a pussy because I yeah. skinned up my knee and I'm crying mm-hmm. or someone took something from me and I'm crying. Well, that's what little kids do. And what we have to understand is those feelings get categorized in our heads because very young, we don't know any different. Okay, well, I'm supposed to ignore the pain instead of lean into it. And I say lean into it. I say allow yourself to feel because that's where true freedom comes from. And that's where living life is. Look at all what we do. We take fake adventures. You know, we, we play PS4, we, we are PS5 or Xbox, and we, we would risk our lives on there, do some really bold things. It's fake. None of it's real, Pio. None of it is real. But people devote their lives to it. It is one of the most pathetic forms of bondage that you can put yourself into because now you're addicted to games because your life doesn't suck. You're just not allowing yourself to live it and to feel it. And yes, your feelings are valid. Absolutely. And there's a balance. Okay. There is a balance. And I'm going to be very harsh because sometimes you have to understand life is harsh. Look, I put you in a room with a starving tiger you're going to have to get primal to get out of that room. And so there's a balance between understanding that, yes, your pain is valid and killing your inner bitch. There's a balance to that. And that balance looks like this, living life as a well-rounded individual, understanding that, yes, indeed, you have pain, but you need to allow yourself to feel that pain so you can hash through it. And if you need help, get help. Get counseling, get with somebody, hire a coach, find somebody who's kind of been where you are and help them because I'm going to, and I'm going to focus double down here on the whole being molested or raped thing. Mm. I'm going to tell you something that does not make you ugly. That does not make you horrible or dirty. You're beautiful. You were beautiful before and you were beautiful after. I hate when people say that they felt they were soiled. You weren't soiled. Mm -hmm. What Mm -hmm. they did to you was unacceptable. You didn't ask for it. You didn't want it. You did. And, and for some of you, especially the statistics show that with, with certain people, it amplifies their issues with sexuality and sexuality becomes a very strong basis of who they are. And there's this constant struggle there. I want to encourage you. I love you. God loves you. And you are beautiful. What was done to you was ugly. And it's not a reflection upon the person that you are currently or ever will be. It's a reflection upon the person who did those things to you. And there is healing. There is healing. I'm living proof. My wife's living proof. My wife was molested and raped until she could start to physically fight back. 
And this was by family members. This was by babysitters. And this was heinous and horrible and awful. She's one of the strongest human beings I ever met in my life. Yeah. She was also physically abused. Her mother kicked her, beat her, and tried to choke her to death more than once. Okay? And she's one of the most high-performing, articulate, and badass people that I've ever met in my life. Period. Period. And so there is a way around this. I don't care what the situation was in your life. It's not saying that I don't care that you hurt. But what I'm saying is no matter what the situation is in your life, you can overcome. And the way, the pathway to that, the healing to that is feeling that pain. And sometimes mm-hmm. you need somebody to feel it with you. Okay. Because it's not a good place to be alone in. And I experienced this myself. You know, I, I saw Ed Milet talk about feeling real fear. And you think this is a big guy. He's studly, you know, he's a billionaire. <laughs> he's super rich and everybody admires the guy or whatever. But he's like, no, I don't think people get it. I feel like legit fear and anxiety. And often my friends will check on me just to make sure I'm okay. And I was like scratching my head over here. I'm like, what? <laughs> Ed, you're Superman. I mean, literally, you, you've got biceps as big as my head. I mean, they look like cantaloupes on your arm. What in the world? You have a plane, a plane. No, it's a jet, you know? And we, we assume that, and here's, there's, here's one of the quintessential truths is this, Eric. We assume that we are alone in our feelings. Yeah. We assume not that we are the only one, but that everyone else is living this better life and they're living uh, free from guilt, free from pain, free from all this other stuff. And we are the only ones feeling these things. And we are now lesser than somehow. You are not lesser than if you're hurting. You're not allowing it to feel. Now, what happens when healing comes? Let me tell you something. What happens when healing comes? When healing begins to come in your life, you start to give to others on a level you never thought possible. Yeah. Just this week, someone reached out to us here at Bowman Legacies and said, you know, your content, your, uh, they've been following me for several years now, has completely changed the order of my life, the direction of my life. I've taken your advice and now I'm on a completely different trajectory. And why do we do that? Because it's not about the money. It's about the mission. It's about the message. You know, that message has given us a a mission and that mission is a mission of hope. You have hope. And everywhere we look right now, hope is being drowned out from us. Right. Absolutely. And we have a little saying here in our house that sometimes you need to do it afraid. Yeah. Fear is, fear is not a bad thing. No. It's wisdom sometimes. (laughs) It it can be. Absolutely. (laughs) Because fear causes you to pause and to realize you have a decision here. Mm-hmm. Am I really supposed to go down this road or am I supposed to go down this other path? Yeah. So there is wisdom there. Absolutely. But if we let fear cripple us, then that's when we stifle those potentials in our life of being able to actually excel. So wherever you're at, if you're listening to this, wherever you're at, tell yourself when you reach a point, when you're like, oh man, I don't know what to do. I'm, I'm, I'm afraid. I'm, I'm scared. Do it afraid. Because just like Ed Milet, there are people that seem so crazy successful. And yet we think they have everything together. And yet we have yeah. no idea, no idea what they're walking through sometimes. 
but they allow themselves to feel these things because I'll tell you what, you and I, Michael, we, we've spoken in front of thousands of people and yeah. huge audiences. We've done this many, many, many times, years. And I'll tell you what, there wasn't one single time when I got up in front of a group of people, whether it's 20 people or whether it's 2000 people and not a single time did I get up there not afraid. I was scared to death yeah. every time I spoke. Yeah. But yet it was also the motivation because I realized, you know what? It's not about me. It's not always about my fear. It's not always about my feelings. It's about the people that you're speaking to, the people you're motivating, the people you're pouring into, those blue collar workers, those back office workers, those, those individuals, your clients, whomever it is. It's about changing the lives of individuals more than just yourself. So sometimes I realize, you know what? I've got to do it afraid. You do. And that's okay. Yeah. You know, I told a client the other day, I was like, okay, look, if you go and smack a lion in the face, <laughs> you're just stupid. That's not brave. But if you're sheep herding and a lion comes in or one busts in your house and you have to protect your family and you go after it like a savage, but you're scared to death. Well, that one, that's wisdom. Yeah. And two, that's brave. Bravery is not the absence of fear, right? You have to have felt yes. fear in order to be brave. To be brave. And the reason why we fear so often is because of pain. Now, that might be the loss of someone, someone's respect for us or the, um, the pain of our past and that hurting of our past and not wanting to feel that pain again and that agony always wincing from us. You know, a lot of times you'll see people who are, hurt in the mining industry or civil construction or in their extremities and the pain is so bad, like they'll stretch that hand if they hurt their hand, but they're trying to get it as far away from them as they can. They don't realize that, but that is their primal instinct is like that hurts. And all of a sudden you'll see them if the pain is so mm. bad, they'll start to push it away from themselves. And so we try to avoid pain because of the fear, mm. but what we have to understand what's on the other side of that is a lot of freedom. And as yeah. you begin to grow and you're afraid maybe of what someone will think, when those people fall away, you and I both have a mutual friend that has fallen away in the last, from our circle in the last couple of years. And one of the things that really angered him was when I started doing things online and really pushing the envelope and, and trying to put myself out there because I knew that, well, I'm going to be honest, I felt like God had a plan. So I was like, all right, I'm going to go for it. And yeah, I'm swimming in some scary waters, right? There, and when you and I, Eric, were doing stuff side by side, we were you know, big minnows in a small puddle, right? <laughs> right? We were big minnows in a small puddle. We ruled the thing. We weren't, we got to where we weren't so much afraid and it was very easy to, to do things. And, and, and we liked the, the, the feeling of the adoration and the closeness of everything. But then when you start to step out, I had someone tell me like a couple of years ago, I mean, I'm so sick of these safety guys sitting there telling us how to live life. You know, who does he think he is? He's no Gary Vaynerchuk. He's no, no, I'm not. I'm Michael Bowman and you can bite me because I am going out into these deeper waters and it's scary. But the thing is, when you put a fish in a small pond, they're only going to get so big. I'm getting bigger and bigger and bigger and those friends fall away. And that one particular friend that you and I share was very angry when I decided I'm going in deeper waters because he wasn't willing to go with me. Yeah. And he literally told me, he's like, dude, who do you think you are? Who do you think you are, man? You're living above your raising. I'm like, no, I'm not, dude. I'm venturing out. I'm doing something bigger than me. I had family members, people close to me, man, what are you doing? But I also had family members like my younger sister who said, 
dude, this is it. That You need to keep going. This is what you were meant for. Those are the people you need to start listening. Now, look, if my hobby was to, to smoke crack, you know, and I love doing that. <laughs> all right. When the negativity comes, there's a reason. And a lot of times people fear what they're not doing, but they also are scared for you. In this situation, it wasn't that at all. And guess what? I don't talk to that guy much anymore. And it's not that I don't care. It doesn't mean that I hurt. And what helped me to get over that was allowing myself to feel that pain of that loss of that friendship, but also know that I'm on a journey. I'm on a path and I'm not going to stop. I'm not going to slow down. I'm not going to give up. I'm not going to surrender. Am I going to feel like that? Yes. So we have to balance this out in life when we can. And let's get it in full circle as far as feeling. Let's balance it out. All right. You have to figure out what is true pain that you need help bringing through. Yep. True pain that you are absolutely feeling and you can't get over, you need help. Counselor, coach, pastor, priest, whatever it is, you need someone who is skilled, who's been there. Secondly, you got to kill your inner bitch. You've got to kill your inner bitch. If you're going to have those six-pack abs or if you're going to go and be the top guy, top gal in your market, whatever it is that you have to do is you have to be obsessed about winning and feeling. Feeling. I love you guys so much. And I want you to understand if you can grasp these concepts, there's no end of the value you can bring other people and there's no end to the legacy that you will build because it will truly far surpass your legend. We love you guys. I was so glad to have this conversation with Eric today. And I think he and I could probably talk for another hour or two about this. <laughs> but you got a life to live, right? Yeah. And this is entry level, feel something, deal with something, kill your inner bitch. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I think killing your inner bitch is a, is a podcast all on its own. It's actually a partial title of a book I'm writing right now. So I love you guys. Have a great day. Have a great week. Have a great month. Get out there and kill it and build a legacy that will far surpass your life.